people's relationships with nature are complicated. Join me over the next 30 minutes and throughout this series to discover what it means to be in a relationship with Mother Nature. listening to Feet Upon the Ground. Today, I have Molly Aiken with me. Hi, everyone, and hi, Bailey. Hi, Molly. So, I brought you on because you have a very, very interesting job. So, I want you to tell me about what it is you do, why you're interested in it, and how you got there. Great questions. Okay, so, um... I work for a luxurious, active travel company called Backroads, based out of California, where we take people um, on week-long to 10-day trips around the world. And basically, it's biking and hiking through um, through the, quote-unquote, back roads. And um, I got there because when I was, I believe I was 16, I withdrew from my high school and I homeschooled myself in New Zealand. Um, and I lived with these three totally out, um, in the middle of nowhere, New Zealand families that were phenomenal. And they had, this one family had 10 children and I was like sheep mustering and deep sea fishing to provide ourselves food in this place. Uh, and from there it spurred this entirely different life where I thought, oh my gosh, I can actually get paid to see the world and, um, and learn about all these different cultures. So how can I do that? So from there, I, I transitioned into working for a company called Knowles, National Outdoor Leadership School, similar to Outward Bound, uh, an absolutely incredible company, and I um, stand by my word with them. I, if everybody could take a course, um, they should, because it, it'll change your life. But I did horse packing in the Wind River Range of Wyoming for about um, for a summer before I went to college and basically I had myself and a pack horse and eight other now friends where we um, trekked through the woods learned how to survive on horseback and uh, see that you know the stars in the sky it was just incredible from there I went to go work at that ranch and then also at their sailing branch in Baja Mexico where um, I lived like in a little palapa hut on the beach and uh, helped all the sailors coming in and the sea kayakers and the backpackers. And uh, then I went to go work for another company where I was taking teenagers on community service adventures around the world. Um, serendipity occurred, and I met this woman that worked for Backroads while I was whitewater rafting in Costa Rica. And she was like, you're coming to work for me. And I said, great, what the heck is Backroads? <laughs> and here I am five years later, completely in love with what I do. Um, mostly because I get to show others the world and get to see it myself. It just kind of... That's awesome. Yeah. I want you to talk about the experience that your guests have and how that impacts them. Because you're not going just on a cruise. You're not just going backpacking either. You are kind of doing this intermediary where you get to go to the awesome places, but you're also trekking. You are biking or you are hiking everywhere, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the powerful thing about this experience through Backroads is that um, 
it's not where you're just in a bus or on a cruise, as we say, and not to discredit those either, because those are incredible ways to travel. But in this sense, it allows my guests and myself to really feel connected to the culture because you're you're biking past, you know, the the Peruvian farmer who is um, plowing through the field and who's waving at you, you know, hola, and talking to you in his language, and you get to kind of practice your language, that, the minimal parts that you may know of Spanish or of Hindi when you're in India. And um, so it gives you this, uh, you know, you're breathing the fresh air, you're part of this culture. And um, and then what you're doing typically on these ex- experiences is that you are hiking and or biking to a specific destination. So that day, maybe we are going to the, you know, the sheep herders home in Ireland and we're going to get to know this man and really experience his culture and how he grew up and he will kind of walk us through his farmland Um, and you kind of walk away feeling like you've gained a new friend and uh, that I think that connection to somebody's culture um, where you get to know an individual and find the good in this world and and see that it is everywhere not just maybe in you know your little neighborhood is um, it's very humbling and very powerful especially when you're in third world countries and you um, you're trying to connect yourself to their culture because it's completely different from yours and then you realize that actually we're all humans we're all um, wanting to be loved we all want to give love and um, we all uh, we all want good in this world we don't want the evil and so it's powerful to get to connect to those certain people as we as we go along this journey yes in climbing or camping you can um, meet those people along the way but it's just a neat maybe you only have five days to go and do it so backwards can kind of provide a expedited version for you or an extra long version kind of depending on what you want what is your experience with just the outdoor aspect of it of biking every day in the fields of france or wherever how has that changed you and how has that changed your guests for me I can speak mostly for myself, I think, than it could be for my guests because because I speak more to myself probably <laughs> at the end of the day. I know for my experience, you know, trekking through, my, you know, my back, my 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 neighborhood to to as you say, going through the fields of France, I find that I'm consistently humbled and I'm consistently reminded to never judge that we are all here on this earth um, doing the best that we can nine times out of ten. And if we're not, that something's going on. And maybe maybe the only thing somebody needs that day is a hug. And to, and to really find the depth of people versus just that quick, like, oh, they cut me off in their car. They didn't want me on the road. Maybe, you know, the road rage of us and we can get mad at somebody. It lessens that anger for myself um, to really see kind of the bigger picture. For my guests, it's really neat. Sometimes, you know, they'll come on the trip and they're they're tense and they're and they're they've got something going on at home that is obviously bigger that maybe we don't have a clue about and they're frustrated. And then by the end of the week, you can see their hearts have softened because of something that they've seen or somebody they've met or um, or just having a moment to relax and getting to provide them an opportunity to, you know, say, hey, take your shoes off, you're on vacation, and let's go and see something really neat in the world. Um, but the overarching theme that I've found for myself that keeps me traveling and I keep salivating for more is that um, it's this kind of overarching theme of humility and just that we are, we're all humans and we all matter. 
and that we all um, want to want to be about something bigger than ourselves. So I want to talk about the relationships that often people have with the outdoors where we live on Lookout Mountain. Mm-hmm. And that so many people, so many tourists will come here um, for Rock City or Ruby Falls. And they're very much tourist destinations. And we know, as locals, that they're not seeing Lookout Mountain. What is the relationship with those places that Backroads provides? Or do you avoid the tourist destinations. We avoid the tourist destinations. <laughs> we try to get to the Lula Lakes, but also be really respectful and mindful of, like, not everybody maybe wants back roads and all their people coming in to that one really preserved part. But yeah, for the most part, we're trying to find those places that are really, really soul-touching, maybe, heartwarming, the, the cheesy kind of words that really actually mean a lot when you're out there. I think my experience with Knowles connects a lot with kind of what you're speaking of, just being out in the woods for a month and you are truly where nobody is and that connection alone to nature is it's beyond words I think and, and how do we provide that for everybody to be to see that and do that you know so I also want to know your story overall with the outdoors mm-hmm. so I wonder if you can go back into your earlier experiences um, when you homeschooled for a year and all that sort of story. Absolutely. Um, so growing up on Lookout is sensational. It's amazing. It's gorgeous. The community is really neat. You know, my next door neighbor is my best friend. Um, and to have this almost fairy tale, you know, Fairyland is the name of the Georgia side. It, pun, it, 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 there's, there's something really magical about this community. Um, and getting that access immediately to go and hike Lulu Lake or wherever. And so when I landed in New Zealand uh, as a mere 16-year-old with my best friend, um, one, of my be- one of my really dear friends at the time, and I show up at the first family at this horse farm kind of in the, out in the countryside and um, was culture-shocked because... It, in a way, it was super similar to home. And then in another way, I couldn't understand a word they were saying because they spoke this Kiwi language, which was English, but it was so fast and so confusing. And and so you you take everything you're comfortable with and you kind of toss it out the window and have to find comfort in the, in the unknown. Um, but for me, that connection with nature when I was there um, was pivotal in my experiences. Um, because you could go out and you could, you know, kind of nuzzle the horse close to you and feel his breath against with yours. And there's something very meditative about that. Um, and then I fast forward and I went to the second family, which really had the largest impact on my life because they were actually three hours away from a grocery store and we had powdered milk and we had to grow our own vegetables and we had to kill our own meat and we had to, you know, fish for our food. It was as if I had gone to Swiss Family Robinson because they had 10 children, you know, and we're all trying to figure out a way to live. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is insane, but incredible. And to get up at four in the morning and to walk these mountains where you're trying to move these sheep from one field to the next so that they could kind of, you know, eat their grass. Um, 
and you watch the sun rise over the water and you've got the dew on the on on your feet and you're kind of cold because the sun hasn't really come up yet um but you breathe in the freshest of air and you come back home and you walk through the door where the the muffins are being baked and you're all gathered around this big table um it brings you kind of at the core of where everything started which is around the family table and out in nature and um I think it, you know, I came back, they didn't have a dishwasher, and I came back home, and I was like, Mom, we're going to hand wash all of our dishes. Mm. And she was like, okay, great, have fun with that, you know. But it, it kind of slowed me down to really, um, to really, as we say in that kind of quote, you know, smell the roses. Um, and then from there, I moved to, like, my last family, <clears throat> which was a little more in the country, sorry, a little more in the city, still in the country, it was an asparagus farm right outside of the city. And they also were very mindful living. They had a very intentional way of um, taking time with the earth. And I think as an American, I am, there's something instilled in all of us where it's like fast paced, whether we want it to be or not, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, red lights, the highway. And in that, it helps for myself to really listen to the birds. And be with what gives us life. The trees actually give us oxygen and all this. It sounds kind of hokey, I feel like, in some capacity. But then in another, it's like, oh, wait. This is what matters most. Um, is is spending time with each other and out in, in what gives us life. So you were talking about, you know, so many what we call cheesy terms, I think. Because... They do get overused so yeah. much. Um, smell the roses, you know, listen to the birds, all this sort of stuff. But they get overused, I think, in the sense that we don't quite understand them as Americans. Because, like you said, life is incredibly fast-paced. That we consider maybe stopping to smell the roses is immediately you stop and everything is amazing right there mm. um, and nothing is wrong with the world if you just stop and look at it and I wonder do you find that it's perfect or maybe more just complex than people originally thought that there's more beauty than expected but there's still that hurt in the world mm, absolutely yeah um, yes I think a motto that I've carried in my life is, um, you know, on a quarter, there's a head and a tail. And just like a quarter in life, there's pain and there's joy. And you can't throw the quarter and just, you can't just have pain and you can't just have joy. You can't just have the head. You can't just have the tail. So, you know, you want to chuck it so that you can get rid of the pain or the joy, but you've got to, it's coming with you. Both things are going with you. So, Let's say in traveling, you're leaving because you're sick and tired of something back home. You're going to go, like, try to get rid of something sad behind you. Well, guess what? It's coming with you. And you have to deal with it. And sometimes it's harder to deal with when you're not there. And sometimes it's easier to deal with when you're not there. But um, those moments when you're kind of, let's say, looking at the flower, I think that a lot of times the painful tears can 
start flowing in that moment because you've actually taken a second and when you take that second all the all the hard stuff can rush in and I think sometimes that's why we live in this fast-paced society because when we slow down it's really scary um, because we have to face our demons we have to face our heartbreaks um, but when you face the heartbreak then the flower broom like when you look at the dirt then you also can see the like incredible blossom of something so it's not even actually it's not even a but it's and when you look at the dirt you know if you sometimes i think when we use the word but it stops us and it doesn't let us keep going but if you use the word and a and d it allows us to kind of bring in both the pain and the joy because they do both exist they will always exist we have terrible chemicals terrible toxins and we have incredible um, dirt that also can help kill those things at the same time. Right. I think, yeah, I think it brings to the point that maybe we we just numb the pain and the joy all at once, not realizing. So if there's a memory in your lifetime, it can be from when you were two or yesterday, that means the most to you it can be with nature or with people in nature you know it can it can be on that bike ride or on a camping trip alone a memory that you hold dear one that you'll a a memory that has gotten you through hard times maybe or that you look back on in the bright times you can think about that I gotta think about that one that's a great one one that just instantly pops in my mind I guess because we're talking about New Zealand is when my friend and I were there at the same time we would sit on at at the house that was three hours away from everything we would sit on this wharf at like four in the morning and talk about the complexities of life like you know is there something bigger than us and um, what does that even mean? And But you're staring at these stars, and then there's this bioluminescence in the water, which is... Um, have you ever seen it? I've, you know I've heard it? of it. It's I've... so cool. Like You put your foot in the water, and it like and it just lights up. Like, like glowworms through the water. It's amazing. And we would sit there, and we would kind of, you know, play with our... play Put our feet in the water and play with it, and just watch this bioluminescence while talking about everything deep. But... What point? What? Why it's so memorable to me is because there is safety in that friendship to, to allow myself to express any opinion I wanted, and to just let it be a, a safe haven to talk about things. And I think if if at the end of the day, if we don't have any, if we don't have just one person that we feel safe with to discuss what we're experiencing, um, it can be kind of detrimental to our health. There's something really powerful about that family or that family member or friend that um, kind of envelopes you in their arms with safety to talk about your your experience, your personal experience with nature. Um, that That's a really memorable one to me. And then um, and then, uh, then the other really fun ones are when I'm just biking down these epic hills in like Mallorca, Spain, and it's like I'm getting paid for this? This is amazing. And then, you know, you're going past your guests and we're all hooting and hollering like, yeah, this is awesome. So 
that like thrill factor of of intense fun, you know, and you just you get to bask in the beauty of of your health and the joy and people and and what you're looking at. So it's pretty fun. So this conversation has really brought up the relationship I think between people and nature in the sense that I think especially for you it's important that they're both together that being out in nature not not necessarily needs to be with with people with friends but that's I think where the magic happens for you would you would you agree I think it I actually find that for myself it actually happens on my own a lot of the times but then you know in that kind of stillness moment where it really is just me and nature um because that's so rare and it's so incredible when you're just by yourself it's because it's kind of scary <laughs> you know you're like is there a bear that's gonna come eat me while i'm in the tetons in wyoming or something but in that too it's this like solitude and this confidence and this joy that brings and builds in your body but there are those <clears throat> you know handful or and there are those handful of people that when they're with you it it does enhance it absolutely I think because I travel so much in the world and my community is always shifting. So, you know, one, I'm in four continents in the year. So in the summers, I'm in the Tetons and in the winters, I'm in India. And um, maybe I have a co-leader that's been in both regions with me. But to have that, to have that one person that I know like really well with and they know me really well um, together in a certain space is really because it's so rare. It's just extra nice. If I had asked you these questions five years ago, ten years ago, would you have answered the same? Or would you have thought that your answers now were completely surprising and not you? I think my answers are so much deeper and more, like, methodical now. Like, I'm like, oh, it's like this lovely relationship. And I'm like, oh, my God, who is that person? I think ten years ago, I was like, yahoo, let's just go, like, horseback through the woods and have fun and sing songs. And it's that is definitely me. Like, if you're coming with me in the woods, we're going to sing songs on horseback, and it's going to be awesome. Um, but I think I have found more um, inner strength in myself and also the... Also, the ability to be more vulnerable with people. and But it's based on the pain of my life that's allowed that. So had I not had certain things in these last 10 years, I think I would have be a little more closed and a little more res- maybe reserved. I don't know. I wouldn't be willing to probably share all that I share. Is there a way in which your experiences, maybe one experience, maybe all of them combined, have changed you as a person that you would not be the same person if you didn't have, whether it's your work or um, anything throughout your life with nature and people. Would you be the same person if you didn't have these experiences? No. Definitely not. And I... Are you wanting me to find a specific experience? You don't have to. You don't have to. Just if there's like a, I almost don't even think I could grasp just one single experience. I think because, um, yeah, that one's 
That one's almost a hard one to put into words. Yeah. Actually, if I asked myself the same question, I would I would be yeah. pretty stumped. <laughs> it's a really beautiful question. It almost makes me, like, I almost see my memories in, like, a slideshow, like, just, like, flying by with different scenes that, you know, where you see this really, 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 really hard scenes of poverty. And then these really, 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 really beautiful scenes um, of joy for people. And... I'm finding like every emotion kind of running through me in this moment with it all. Um, I don't think I, I know I would not be the same person had I not had these experiences in the last 15 years, I guess really, which is crazy. Um, I'm stumped Bailey White. I don't know how to answer this one. I love that. I really like it. But I think for me, it's, it's really, it's, it's almost, it gets to that next core level of emotion where you're like, Oh, that's kind of vulnerable (laughs) and beautiful. And I think I've encountered some very mean people in, in, um, in my experiences that could have hardened me um, and have guarded me in many ways sometimes, but I've also encountered some really profound, profoundly kind and generous people. And, and I, I, I connect it with nature because sometimes, you know, maybe it's wherever, you're out in a field or something. But um, in that... Sometimes nature brings you home to your to your place of refuge in those hard moments. You can kind of go and sit alone um, in the woods and find your inner peace again, or whatever it may be, or your meditation, if you if you will. Um, yeah. But yeah, to answer it in a very vague way, because I don't know how to grasp it into one would be I would absolutely not be the same and I'm really really every day I am so truly grateful for what I've gotten to see and experience and meet and who I've gotten to meet yeah yeah it's it's not it's not an easy question to answer and I think it's something that maybe our answers change I think so yeah in your life, is there a part, a, a moment, a person that you could take out and it would essentially be the same story? Or is it something that it's not? It's going to be, you need every experience thus far to be who you are today. Wow, what a cool question. I think my initial reaction is like, oh, I need it all, you know, because it really, there's certain things that have really, really shaped me. Do I want them in my story? No. But do I need them? Yes. To help shape me. Um, my gosh, let's see if there is like an experience that could be with, 
And it be the same. Could it be the same, though? Then is your story the same if you take something out of it? Doesn't it make it different? I guess, like, maybe somebody that I met along the street that I never really <laughs> talked to, they could, like, leave the story, <laughs> I suppose. But Would you want it to be different? I don't think I would. I, okay, yes, certain pieces, because there's, a, there's pain there, right? We all want to run from pain sometimes. But no, because... Well, is it that quarter, though? The, or yes. the dime? Yeah, or... right? Where it's like, you, you kind of almost need to have both to create your story. But there are definitely certain memories where I'm like, man, that was a really hard time. That said, it helped me love others a lot. Or I hope I love people better. That's what <laughs> I It taught me that internally. I hope I externally do a better job of that. Um, to give less judgment. And also give it to yourself less judgment. Like, we can be really, really hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. And very shameful to ourselves. And that's awful. Like, how rude. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I think it, it, it just gives you better self-love and self-worth and self-care. But you got to work through the muck. Yeah. I think I need... I think I... I there's a part of me that's like, unfortunately, I need all the pieces. But fortunately, I need all the pieces. I like that. Yeah. All right. Which term do you prefer? The outdoors? Nature? The wilderness? The natural world? Um, Because so often, I guess most of these can be very cheesy Mm -hmm. and off-putting to a lot of people. Yeah. Is Is there one that means something more to you than just cheese? The outdoors to me, me is much. Uh, it's vague, for, and I think it's it connects better with a broader scan of people. But I love the word the wilderness. I think that maybe that's. I just think that is awesome. It's like <laughs> let's get wild, you know. Like let's get in the wild and let's, you know, let's be willing to get our hands dirty in the wilderness, and it feels exotic. But I on a everyday. Usage outdoors, I love. I just think it's um, it's broad enough to reach um, on a on a less, you know, as we say, cheesy level. But yeah, I like I like that answer. Yeah, yeah, I I I think I would agree. I love the term the natural world. I get a little bit more. Cool. I don't know. I don't know the reason. I guess because it's less cheesy. More scientific. It's like, no, this is the natural world, you know? Yeah. Very authentic. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, baby. It's been a great conversation, and I've gotten a lot from it. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Go get in the wild, everybody. (laughs) 